You're listening to The Long Game Podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Scaiano. I am so excited to bring you today's episode. Recently on episode 91, I went deep into the concept of honing your signature talk, what it is, why you should have one, and where you can use your signature talk, even if you have no plans of getting on stage. So in follow-up to the signature talk concept, we are going to be taking it one step further with practical tips and advice on how you can develop the skills to speak with comfort, ease, and authenticity. And yes, you can even grow to enjoy it. My guest today is Lori Gilbertson. She is a former New York City sex crimes, organized crime, and homicide prosecutor, television legal analyst, educator, and entrepreneur. She has really refined her speaking skills in some tense situations and locales, right? Those courtrooms. Um, And as the owner of Tribeca Blue Consulting, she helps all types of professionals communicate with clarity, confidence, and creativity in their public speaking. So when you're ready to elevate your presentation, Lori can support you with individual coaching, workshops, and customized training. Today, we are talking how to be cool and bring you, it is the most important element, how to share your story with emotion and why it's important to incorporate your story into any presentation you are making. And I ask her, how do you beat the nerves so you can get into a flow? This is really some great next level stuff in regards to public speaking, knowing how to connect, communicate, and conquer. It's the recipe for whatever your end result is with your speaking. The long game is public speaking with Lori Gilbertson. You're listening to the long game podcast with Sandra Scaiano. In a world where everyone is doing, it's easy to get lost in a sea of comparison, secret tricks, and promises of overnight success. The long game is my approach to business, the actual day-in and day-out philosophy that you have to show up, you have to do the work, and there's no quick fixes for long-term success. I'm a web designer, digital strategist, and energetic thinker, and I'm here to share the process and lessons I experience with my clients daily who are going through the same struggles of building a business as you are. We'll hear from successful entrepreneurs sharing their long game strategies, and I'm fun, so we're going to have a little fun along the way too. Thanks for being here. Let's get to today's episode. We've all been in the audience, even in the video audience, of people who deliver a strong presentation. You know, it's really moving and they can evoke emotion. So, you know, I believe that entrepreneurs should not only be doing this, you know, making an impact on others on stages, but in all public speaking aspects of their business. You know, so I encourage my clients and my audience to create a signature talk practice it and use it in all the places. You know, use it as a podcast guest, when you host a webinar, in your sales conversations, social video, everywhere. So I am thrilled to have here with us today, Lori Gilbertson, to talk us through the next level ideas of public speaking. Welcome to the show, Lori. Oh, Sandra, thank you so much. You've already gotten me thinking about so many things I want to talk about. I know. And, and you know, I have... You know, my audience and uh, has listened recently in episode 91, I did a whole episode on creating your signature talk. Like I really encourage my audience to do that 
because they can use it in all the places. Like that's your sales pitch. That's everything comes from that. So, but before we hop into all of those tips, um, you know, take us on a quick trip through your history. You know, I know you have some interesting experience, you know, I'd love to hear how you made the move from the courtroom to the boardroom, so to speak. Yes. I am a former New York City criminal prosecutor. I tried felony cases, mostly sex crimes, organized crime, and homicide. I did that for 10 years, so pretty much spent nearly every single day either in the courtroom, the grand jury room, or speaking with witnesses or out at crime scenes investigating crimes. So it's a little bit of law and order. Right. A little bit CSI and a little <laughs> bit completely not at all glamorous like that. <laughs> I then made the move to doing some legal analyst work on television because I was ready to get out of the courtroom, but I wasn't quite ready to let all of kind of the interesting stories that came with criminal cases go. So for about 10 years, I, I was also a legal analyst on television, talking about whatever was in the news and really breaking it down to help educate audiences. I moved from there into education, where I helped attorneys really uh, learn lots of litigation skills. And then was the biggest move. <laughs> so across <laughs> the country from New York City to Denver, and all wow. of a sudden, here I am in the mountains instead of the city with my family. And instead of practicing law and being out there with litigators, I have become what I sometimes term myself the reluctant entrepreneur. Because in the beginning, right, right. I never thought I would have a business. But <laughs> what am I going to do out here, right? right. What am I going to do? And I was ready for a transition. And now I am um, the proud founder and owner of my own company called Tribeca Blue Consulting, where I've taken everything I learned through all those years. Um, and I translate that to my clients to help them really learn how to communicate clearly and confidently in all sorts of situations. Like you said, the boardroom, the courtroom, on television, on podcasts such as this one, because communication is everywhere. And like you said, it is so important and crucial for everyone, especially entrepreneurs. And it takes practice, you know, like we don't expect anybody to come on and you know, your your first foray isn't the TEDx stage, right? It's like, you know, I always tell my clients like, hey, know what you're doing, practice so that you can build up to that. So, but I do love that what you say though, that public speaking should be an opportunity to excel and not an obligation to dread like so many of us do, right? We are, you know, heart palpitations and all of that. So, you know, let's talk about the need really. Like, we know that entrepreneurs, they need to get better at public speaking and communicating. Like, you know, what are some of the benefits, you know, and is it, you know, really worth it for them to go through this if they're never getting up on stage? Yeah. You know, public speaking and communicating is not getting up necessarily on the TEDx stage or the TED stage right. and giving an epic presentation. You know, maybe that's a goal for some people, but not for everyone. But that's not what public speaking is all about. It's about communicating. It's about communicating your ideas in a way that is confident, that's clear, and that has uh, eventually will help you and your business. So, you know, what are the benefits? Have you ever had to pitch a client? You know, have you ever had a consultation with someone? Have you ever just been kind of on the playground picking your kids up from school and someone said, what do you do? You know, what's oh, your totally. business? Right. <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite clients who I work with came from a conversation at a dinner table with 
both of our sons. And we were both moms talking about how we were kind of in the same business and we connected and now we've had amazing collaborations. But I had to be able to communicate what I do, just like my my friend had to be able to communicate what her company did so we could see what the alignment might be. So the opportunities are everywhere. And if you start thinking about them, they're honestly not as scary as you think. Totally. And I love that whole piece of you don't have to use it for a stage. And that's why I ask, like, is it so valuable? Because a lot of people right. say, well, that's not that's not my wish. I don't ever have that yeah. dream. But I still want to encourage people to create their outline, know what they have to say, you know, so that they're able to be clear and not be off, caught off guard at right. any point. Right. And you're talking, you know, I love, love, love your idea of creating this signature talk. Even if you create a signature talk that you never give in that actual form, you have got to go through the process of that preparation, that thinking to get clear. You can't communicate clearly if you don't know what it is in your head that you want to come out of your mouth. And so, so much goes into that preparation phase, that thinking phase, that awareness phase, being aware of yourself and being aware of who ultimately might be your audience, whether it's a client, whether it's a friend, whether it might be on a stage. And, you know, good speakers and good communicators really get that way through preparation. The people who look like it's so effortless are the people who have spent hours and hours and hours preparing. Yeah, I I mean, and and. And it it goes to show, like, you're kind of like, of course, they practice, they know. But like, I mean, some of us are just scared of that. Like, you know, I know one of your tenants is like, know yourself, know your audience. So like, what if you are, you know, how do you overcome some of that? Like, you know, how do you become more natural in your flow if you feel like, that part gives you anxiety. Like, how do you get to comfort, right? Right. It's Look, it's a process and it's different for everyone. And what I first recommend is, you know, thinking about why. You know, why do you have your business? You know, why have you mm-hmm. chosen? If you're an entrepreneur, why have you chosen to do this? One of my favorite exercises, and I do this often with groups of people, is looking at Simon Sinek. And he has mm-hmm. a whole video on starting with why. And I truly right. believe that's where you need to start. So I, I highly recommend to, to anyone listening, check out his TED Talk. It's one of his very first ones about the We'll link circle. to it in the show notes. Yeah, right. fantastic. And then there's a word, you know, just start. You just kind of work through the levels. Why am I being an entrepreneur? Why does this appeal to me? Why am I interested in, say, communications and teaching people? And I've gone through that process and it changes but it helps you get to know you because if you don't know kind of that inner why, it's really hard to communicate it to people. And that's not even getting into the method and the delivery. This is just about right, right, the right. content and getting started and feeling comfortable because once you've done that work and you know it, it is so much less vulnerable to get up in front of people because you know the value that you want to share. And I think you you hit a really interesting point earlier when you said, oh, I, I spoke to this mom at school pickup type of thing. Like that is where you hone your message, where there isn't any expectation or any anxiety inducing audience numbers and things like that. You know, uh, you know, I talked to my clients about saying like, it can be different on every call if you're doing a pitch call. That's okay because the client doesn't know that you should say this before or you said it after. They don't know that, but that's your trial period, you know, to kind of get used to things and figure it out. Yeah, that's your practice period. I was told when I started 
in New York City as, as an assistant district attorney, you're going to have to do 10 trials, 10 jury trials till you even begin to feel comfortable. And so that's why we start with, you know, shoplifting cases, not with homicides. <laughs> right, Just right. Start, not that those aren't important. They are, but you stood the, the the stakes are different. So the stakes of talking totally. to a on the playground, right, are so different than getting up on a TED stage. And you just, you know, you have to hear the words coming out of your mouth. You have to hear how it sounds and you have to feel it. And so those are some really good opportunities of just getting started. If you can't explain what you do and the value you bring to, you know, a middle schooler or an elementary schooler, you're not going to be that good at explaining it to your client. So, or a potential client. So, you know, you can even practice on your kids. Yep, totally. And or, you know, at home with your spouse who may ask some questions in return type (laughs) of thing. All right. So, you know, we talk about knowing your audience and how important it is, you know, and of course, in every way you need to know your audience. But, you know, I say that also with podcast guesting, like people need to know the audience that they're talking to, you know, go and do a little research. I know that you listen to some of my episodes to know what I'm talking about and have an expectation of who the audience is from that. So can we talk a little bit about, you know, having the need to understand the audience so that you can connect with them. Absolutely. Because if there isn't that connection, it's not going to be that great of a presentation. You know, you're kind of presenting the ways I think sometimes some of us feel on Zoom into a black hole. You know, you're just talking and is anybody <laughs> to listening? a still photo, right? Right. <laughs> right. And that's, you know, that is a terrible feeling as a presenter. So, you know, what one way is is of course know your audience because your audience is the most important part of your presentation. It is not about you. And that is one way to start getting away from feeling so vulnerable and so scared of that kind of rejection from an audience of getting up there and people looking at you and thinking, look at her. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Why should I listen to her? It's about them. You know, it's not about you. People really aren't thinking that. They're really not. And so once you start to think about your audience, that helps with the nerves, but it helps with that connection that's going to make things so much more powerful. Okay, so you've got your three C's and, you know, we just talked about connection. The next one is communicate. You know, you want to communicate with comfort and confidence and you just hit the nail on the head before with, hey, this isn't about you. And, and that brought up that, you know, there are these primal emotions, right? That we all kind of, both of us are like doing the freak out shake right now for everyone. But like, how do you get to that, you know, comfort and confidence? Can you talk us through some of that? Because, you know, when it is just a one-on-one call, you may have um, that confidence in a different way than this is going on air and people are hearing me. I now have an elevated level of anxiety compared to getting on stage. I mean, I find that I am a very personable, comfortable, conversational person, but like getting on stage, like I'm sweating, right? Like I don't even know if I could do that right now. (laughs) Yeah. It's been a long time since any of us were on stage. (laughs) I gave my first in-person presentation in a long time last week and it was awesome, but a little weird. So one tip (laughs) I'd give to you, Sandra, and to everyone who is delivering anything, even whether it's just telling another parent at the playground what you do, is instead of thinking, I'm so nervous, I'm so nervous in that communication, start thinking, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I get to share. So that communicate part, you know, the the connect part is about the why. 
you know, the why part, why are you doing this? Who are you? Kind of who's your audience? That's the connect part. The communicate is the how. How are you going to get all of that great information across? And that's some of the fun part. So, you know, we can, I I can certainly, you know, we'll share some really easy, practical tips. And I'll I'll start with one, if that's okay. Okay. Okay? We'll start with one in the communicate. Okay. How are you going to get up and start communicating to your audience? You've prepped, you're ready, you know what you want to do. Well, you have two to seven seconds to make a first impression. That is what the neuroscience said. I mean, that's nothing, right? Right, First impressions really do matter. So what's that? You just added like so much more pressure to this comfort and ease (laughs) conversation, Lori. You know, Sandra, I listen to your podcast and you already do it. You, you know, you jump right in at the beginning and you jump right in to what the topic is. And you don't jump in in a dry way. You jump in in a super interesting way, in a way that your audience can relate. The, the way that you started this podcast, like 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, draws your audience in and they want to learn more. So Okay. So it how, doesn't have to be a joke. Doesn't no, have to be a joke. Okay. Look, <laughs> I am that's being, immediately what my mind goes to. Like, <laughs> all right, what is the joke that I'm going right. to break the ice with just to kind right. of like even take myself out of it? Mm-hmm. You know, humor is awesome. If you can make use of humor, that's wonderful. Use it. It's a tool. If that is, it feels authentic and comfortable to you. I'm funny about once or twice a year. So, you know, I try to use it when I can. But humor is great because people pay the most attention to what you're saying after laughing. And that's kind of what the neuroscience shows you. But think about if you want to start with a joke, start with a joke. If you want to start with a question to your audience, start with a question. How about a great statistic? You know, I can tell you that public speaking is the number one fear of all Americans based on a Gallup poll. Number one, you know, and death is number two, right? So as the joke goes, (laughs) as the, the Jerry Seinfeld joke goes, which is how I open a lot of presentations on public speaking, most people, given that fear, if they're at a funeral, would rather be in the coffin than doing the eulogy. Wow. That's a way to open, right? Yep. So, you know, you're smooth. You're smooth. <laughs> I've done it before, done it a few <laughs> right. times. But you know, this the great thing about that is this is how you communicate. This is the how. That's one thing. How are you going to start and get all that value across? And you're going to do it because you're going to think about what is your audience going to appreciate hearing from you when you get up? What's going to draw them in? And this is kind of, you know, what I consider the fun part. You, Mm -hmm. you know, Sandra told, you know, a little bit of a story about how people feel about public speaking and how you feel. So you made it personal. You drew them in. Perfect. So I really encourage people to think about it. I think it is the, one of the number one things that you can start doing right away that can change how you communicate and make it so much stronger. Oh, that's awesome. And, you know, it also goes back to if you are doing your preparation, you've thought of this, right? Like, You've had some point where you've thought of this. And that tells your audience that you care about them. That tells your audience that you are doing the work. You are not just getting up and saying, hi, I'm Lori. We're going to talk about public speaking. I have 12 slides. I'm going to read them to you. I mean, just, you know, for those of us, you know, Sandra and I are looking at each other like, that's the worst. Yeah, eyes glazed over, right, no. So because your audience, you've taken care and attention to make sure this is a good experience for them because it's about them. 
And then, you know, they are eating out of your hand and they want to hear more, right? They want to hear more. What else does she have to teach me? I can't wait to hear more. And then they're going to be interactive and then they're going to share with you. So, you know, don't let that moment go. Those first moments, they're yours. They are so important. So that is kind of the key to the communicate part of the connect and communicate. All right, take us to conquer, conquer the fears, tell your story, which we talk about a lot here, right? How do you infuse your story in? Because that is what brings comfort and ease as well as emotion, right? Because yes, we all know our story and we've crafted it with those elements in there. Right. And you have to do that work. You have to start crafting it. Everyone has a story. Everyone has lots of stories. And you may think your story is not that interesting. I guarantee your audience is going to think it's really interesting because it's not theirs. It's different. It's unique. And everybody has that. And that your story just really contributes to what your communication style is. And that's going to draw your audiences in. So the conquer, if the connect is the why, the communicate is the how, the conquer is the so what. You know, the conquer is how do you want to leave your audience? Why are, you know, what is the so what to them? Why should they care Mm -hmm. that you are there giving this awesome presentation? So what are they getting out of it? You know, so that's the conquer part. What are they getting out of it? What are you getting out of it? What do you want them to do when you're finished? Right? What do you want to leave them with? And you should be giving as much thought to that as you do to those first two to seven seconds that you're hooking them in. Right. It's your call to action. And you can do that in a number of different ways, right? Like it can be a sale or it can be an emotion. It can Mm -hmm. be, right? You can leave them with something that isn't a, you know, you can leave them with an emotion that lingers on when we go to the theater or to a performance, right? We are left, that's a public speaking. We're left with an emotion versus a business call to action. So look, communication is a performance. You know, when you really get down to it, it is a performance, just like going to the theater and the actors in, you know, the theater that you're watching, they didn't just get up and say, oh, what am I doing here? They have a script, (laughs) they have practice, they have years of training, they know how to connect with the audience from doing it over and over and over again. That's what you're doing. You know, that's what you're doing. And, you know, people, I'm sure you see this, Sandra, too, and maybe you feel this also. I hate selling. I don't want to get up and Uh say, buy my services. Here's what I offer. This is how much it costs. You sell by showing your value. And that, you know, you asked in the beginning, why do we need to do this? Why is communication so important? Because that's how you show your value. Uh That's how you show it to your clients, whether it's on your website, whether it's a video, whether it's a TED Talk, whether it's that conversation. This is how you get yourself out in the world. And you have that unique story. You have that unique value. Mm -hmm. Share it. You know, if you want to think of it as kind of a big view, when I get to kind of my why, people have a lot to share and it makes the world a much more valuable place. When people are able to communicate their ideas powerfully, we all benefit. We all do. And so ultimately, that's kind of my why, is helping people get their stories out into the world and to feel good about it and to enrich the world while they do it. I know that's kind of out there. It's a whole big thing, no, but, that's, but it's that's true. Right? You know, I had a conversation with um, a female entrepreneur friend this morning. We just did a Zoom and like, she said something and she's like, well, you know, it's not about the money. And I'm like, she's like, I know that sounds, and I'm like, no, that doesn't sound like 
we know that's what we're here for. Like, right, I'm here because this fulfills me. Yes, I need to make a living at it as she does, but that's not our main, uh, we're not leading with that. You know, we're leading with these other pieces that fulfill us in other ways. So and that, totally. And oh, go, go ahead. ahead. And I was going to say, and the other piece to that is, I always think bring your philosophy to the conversation because that is something that like nobody can argue, right? This is what I believe. This is what I think. And it also gets your ideas across without being salesy because you're not like, hey, you got to buy this system. It's like, I really believe the system works because I've seen it in action and, and it has a different take than buy this system. But it uh, it can have the same effect in the end, right? If you are just sharing your philosophy and this is what you believe, because again, back to the Simon Sinek thing, know your why. People want to work with people who they believe in. <laughs> and so that's where your philosophy comes in as well. It really does. I mean, you hear the, the marketing adage, right? They want to work with people who they know, like, and trust. How are you going to get someone to know, like, and trust you if you don't communicate? You know, if, you, if you're not getting your ideas yeah. out there. And it's not just business, you know, it's life. It really is. And, you know, that, that kind of call to action, that idea, and, and you said something really great that I love about leaving, leaving them with an emotion right? Leaving. It's not about being salesy. It's not always even about that call to action. You know, go to my website, connect with me, Mm -hmm. this and that. It's about an emotion. So for example, I I do a a presentation. I give my top 10 tips on public speaking and it's emotional. And I show how all of these things can be really emotional. And I end it with a Michael Jordan Nike commercial. That's all about how you're nodding your head. Maybe you've seen it, but it's all about, (laughs) right? He made however many hundreds and thousands of, of game shots and he missed them and that he kept trying and trying and learned from failure. And that's why he succeeds. And I always love that because it, it I, I use it to show people that you can try things that you haven't tried before and you might fail, but ultimately you'll succeed and you'll learn. And we're so vulnerable with public speaking. It can be so scary for so many of us, but you know what? Try doing a kind of fun introduction. See how it feels mm-hmm. to you. You're not you're not going to die. It's going to be okay. <laughs> Don't fear it more than death. It's going to be okay. And maybe it works and maybe it doesn't, but at least you've tried and you've grown. And so I like to use that at the end of a presentation to kind of send people away with this feeling of like, I am going to be a champion like Michael Jordan. I'm getting out there to do it. And so that's an example of, of using that emotion. And that's my call to action to people. Go out, do it try. Mm-hmm. It's not go to my website. It's not do this and that. It's go out and give it a shot because that's the value I want to give to them at the end. That's the emotion I want them to leave with. Awesome. And you know, you put that together so nicely, like what's the worst that can happen, right? The joke doesn't land. Well, you know what your next sentence is. Okay. Now I'm just going to roll into the next thing. We're going to talk about whatever I'm here for. You know, like that is really the worst thing. It's not that no one's throwing tomatoes at you. No one's, you know, there isn't any of that. You just take it and move it on. So conquer the fear in that. So, you know, I want to get to some of these tips. You've already given us one work on that two to seven seconds. That's your place. Like, let's get practical. What can my audience do to really improve their presentations, you know, whether it is a podcast guesting or a pitch or getting ready for a, uh, a bigger talk. 
Okay. Well, that's the first one about the first impressions. And you just got one of the other ones that I wanted to talk about, which is how do you turn what you may see as a weakness in your speaking, something that may kind of cause you some fear into a strength? Okay. So you try some humor. Does it work? What, like you said, what's your next line? Your next line Mm -hmm. is, oh, well, I thought I'd give it a shot, but apparently you guys didn't find that funny. (laughs) Move on. And that showcases your vulnerability and makes a connection with your audience. You know, you've broken that. Yeah, you've broken that fourth wall. You're all in Mm -hmm. this together. You've called it out. And now you move on. Who doesn't want to? And you know what? They relate. Everybody can relate to how hard it is to be up there and be like, Oh God, that did not fall right, right? You know, yes. like everybody can relate to that emotion. Yes, completely. Another tip, okay, we've, which we've we've touched on is tell a story. When you are giving a presentation or you're just thinking about your pitch, you want to be able to say, this is my story about, in one sentence. When I went into the courtroom, I had to be able to think, this is a case mm. about, and how did I tell it? Okay. Practice. One way to practice is is so so good. Go back to some fairy tales. Okay. You know, what is Little Red Riding Hood about? This is about X. This is about a girl, a trusting girl who went into the woods and met a wolf and things did not go well. Right. What is it about? And start, you know, I suggest go back to some of those old childhood fairy tales and practice saying them in one or two sentences in a creative way. And that's going to get you starting to think about really being able to encapsulate your presentation and know what it's about and know the ideas you want to get across. Mm. Stories, you know, I was a little afraid of storytelling when I started my business. I thought, this is epic. Like you said, you got to get up on a big stage and be amazing and and all that. Stories have a beginning, a middle, and an end. You need to know why they're important to you and why they should be important to your audience. And you can do it in under 30 seconds. You know, Hemingway. And ultimately, yeah. in your yeah. presentation, you should know what that piece is, right? You know, for me, I'll use my example. It's about getting started. Get started. Like, so whatever story I tell, it's about getting started. And practice, practice those stories. Say it into your phone. See how long it takes. Listen to yourself. You can get better and better and better. And look, there are frameworks and different things you can practice with. There's a lot of that out there, but ultimately, It is a simple way that people learn from. They remember facts from stories and you will pull them in from stories. So that's, there you go. That's number three, right? First impressions, turn those weaknesses into strength. Tell your stories. And when you're telling your stories, you can be creative and you can be bold. Mm -hmm. You can use all different tools. How about taking a pause just like that? right? Take a pause. It's like a little bit of white space on a piece of paper. And I told you earlier that people listen the most and pay attention the most after humor. The other thing they listen and pay attention to the most after is silence. A pause can be really powerful. So think about using that somewhere. Maybe you use it in the beginning of your presentation. You just look out on your audience, you take a breath, and then you start. You're going to have them eating out of your hand that way. Maybe you take a pause before or after a story, but use different techniques. You want to use props? Bring in a prop. That could be fun, <laughs> right? Totally, totally. <laughs> I get it with the pause though, because even yeah. in the podcast, we do that a lot. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I do my solo podcast and when I want to emphasize something, I say it 
I pause or I pause and then I say it type of thing. And how does that feel as you're doing it? It feels like I'm dramatically calling in. Yeah. Yeah. You are, you really are kind of punctuating your points by not saying anything. It's so effective. So I encourage it gives them, I'm sorry, it gives them time to think in their own head too. Like, oh, it could be this, it could be this. And then she said that, right? Yeah, it's really powerful. And I've heard you use it a little bit today and it's super powerful. It really is. I encourage people to try that. It's often harder to think about not talking. Right. It's scary. (laughs) Right, that's the nervous. Like we Mm -hmm. tend to fill it with that you don't want the silence. Mm -hmm. But it's powerful. It's powerful. So think about that. You know, you don't have to train in any way to just close your mouth and not talk. (laughs) Take a pause. Just take a pause. And then I'd say kind of my, my last pointer that you can really learn from is let's bookend that presentation. Let's use that conquer. Final impressions matter too. People, you know, neuroscience shows there's primacy. You remember what you first hear and there's recency. You remember what you last hear. So like we talked about, what do you want to leave your audience with? Who has been in a presentation where presenter is talking about whatever and they say, okay, any questions? Right. Well, they're right. There's so many. You're like, is it over? I'm not even sure. Right. 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 So maybe there are some questions, maybe there aren't. But what happens then is you have given away that conquer part. You've given away control of how you want to leave your audience to other people. Why would you do that? You know, Mm -hmm. you can answer questions at the end. And what I suggest to people is kind of have an ending that you like, whether it's your story, it's a statistic, you know, you're being creative in some way and, um, you know, sharing a video or a great graphic and your presentation And then whoever has kind of had you there can say, we're going to have question and answer. Or you can have a slide up after that Uh and you say, once you've given them that emotion, say, okay, now I'm, I'm happy to stay and answer questions. But you have that time just like you have it in the beginning. So make use of it in a real creative way. So it's nice to bookend it too. If you start in a certain way and you maybe ask a certain question, Mm -hmm. come back to it at the end. And what that also does is it ties it up in a nice little ribbon for your audience. It shows them that you're well-prepared and it shows them that you have thought about them and how they will best retain and learn all this information. You've done the work for them. And so have fun with it too. Have fun with that ending. End strong. I really appreciate you saying your audience is picking up on this and paying attention to your preparation because we forget that part. We forget that they are going to interpret that way. Like, yes, they're taking in the information, but they're also thinking of us and our expertise by doing that. You know, it is how it's, it's what we want from doing the presentation, right? To level up with this and be the expert in the room or be that leader. So I really appreciate you pointing that out because it's something that we forget along the way when we're like, I just got to get it all out. My mode is just to get through this. I mean, how many people say, I just got to get through this presentation, right? Like, and and I think I'm going to add one thing to your tip is have some fun with it, right? Like it doesn't have to be a joke, but it can be a, you know, get comfortable, all of that. You know, I find with my clients, we do a lot of coursework and they need to present 
on camera. They're of course, they're material. And a lot of them are, you know, they start out and they're kind of reading and they're, and I'm always like, I don't care that this is on your computer. Like, I want you to know this material so that you can go off script. Like, don't even script it out. Just do bullet points so that you can riff. Like, riffing is where the magic happens, right? It's the flow. You're now getting into a groove. That's where the fun comes through and your personality. So, you know, I feel like that's an extra piece that we should always remember to like bring your personality to this. Yes. I mean, you are speaking my language. If we're going to have to do this in every part of life and business, why not have fun with it? You know, we should have fun with it. And the more fun (laughs) you have, the more fun your audience is going to have. And it, it just makes it better and better. And talking about the riffing, if you start strong, you know what's coming out of your mouth in those first, you know, 30 seconds, and you know how you're going to end strong, that gives you the, the freedom to kind of do that, Mm. do that improv in the middle and show your expertise. You are the expert. Your audience wants to learn. And so do it and have fun with it. Like Sandra said, I mean, why not? Right? Right, right. (laughs) You're going to be there, right? Right. You might as well, right. All right. I have one more question that this is really from me. When is it time to seek out professional help? Like, you know, you you are the expert, right? Like when is it time to invest in that, to, uh, you know, uh, do that, give that gift to ourselves, so to speak, so that we can, you know, I feel like I have my signature talk, but I'm sure if I worked with somebody, they'd be like, you need to add some here because I need that. But like, when is the time to do that? I think it is never too early to learn. And to start learning and putting good habits in place because you can see results so quickly. I find that people tend to dismiss communication as kind of a soft skill and not really seek out any kind of investment or training in it until there's something big, like a big job interview or a big presentation, or they're in a new position and they're really forward facing. Those are all great times to do it. But You know, I'm working with a client who is very new to the workforce and she sought out communication training because she wanted to be able to speak up more and she wanted to be comfortable in her communication. And I just think that's going to serve her well through her entire career because it can be such a leadership tool when you're good at it because so many people don't spend the time. So I think the time for it can be when you have something big, maybe that's the time you decide this is what I'm going to invest in. And then you can take that forward. But really, It is when you feel like you are ready, when you feel like you're ready Mm -hmm. to devote the time to do some of that inner work that's going to show on your outer work and you're ready to start putting yourself out there, that's when you do it. You know, whether it's for a big thing or whether you're just feeling like it's time, because if you're not willing to put the work in, you know, Mm -hmm. as with anything, you're not going to get anything out of it. So it's not really worth it to invest until you're ready to, to really level that up and really dive in. And let me ask you, in your work, are you also helping to craft that? Like if I came with, Mm -hmm. I I got this story, I have my signature talk. Are you going to analyze it and say, we need to zhuzh it up here and zhuzh it up there as well as helping me present it? Absolutely. I, um, my my sweet spot, (laughs) yeah, my, you know, my sweet spot is content and delivery. So when I work with my clients, we work on something tangible. 
If there isn't a presentation to work with, we create one. So that's our tool. We don't work in the abstract. We work on really tangible things. So like if you came to me and said, I have a signature talk, but I want to make it into a TEDx talk or I want to do this, we would take what you have. We'd talk about it. We'd start kind of zhuzhing it up, as you say, figuring out different (laughs) ways and, you know, practicing and seeing what sounds good, seeing what looks good, doing it on video and working together to find, you know, how you are getting that voice and that value out both in your content and in your delivery, because you really can't separate the two. I mean, you really Mm -hmm. can't. You can deliver something that doesn't mean anything in a beautiful way, or you could take some amazing content and kill it by having a terrible delivery. So, you know, I think they are married together and that is why I work on both. And, you know, I, I ask that because I think we all have these stories, like, you know, mm-hmm. everybody has a hundred stories that they can use, but where to place that story, or mm-hmm. maybe you as the expert is saying, tell me a little bit more about that. I mean, that's how I work. I work with my clients and say, tell me, so, oh, that's the interesting piece that you haven't even tapped into yet. You just glazed over that, but that is the piece we need to embellish, explore, you know, bring out more. And I think your point of view, looking at your clients as kind of this objective observer who hasn't heard the story and hasn't lived with the story um, is so valuable. And so I, I do that like when I train people to, to kind of go on podcasts or go on video, we start out with, you know, tell me how you introduce yourself. How do you usually yeah. introduce yourself to people? When someone says, what do you do? What do you say? And we just talk through it. And ultimately, you know, after a few minutes, it's almost like starting, honestly, with with kind of a blob. And the blob starts to take shape into these beautiful stories in ways that people may not have ever thought they were interesting or that that was going to be kind of a cornerstone of what they could present to people. Wow, that's really, yeah, it's really impactful because it gives you a whole nother way of thinking about crafting Mm -hmm. the signature talk, right? Yeah. And I I think uh, we can just emphasize to people, it's a process, right? Like this stuff is a process. I I always say to my clients, this is malleable. Like it's not written in stone. You might go with this talk at this point, then you, you know, refine it and, and keep working on it. So no one's expecting this whole thing, but it's a process that's worthwhile working towards if you've got that talk to use in different places and to be able to adjust for different mediums, so. Uh, oh, completely. And I think your advice to, to kind of do that signature talk, it just it just pays off in so many ways. You know, it pays off in your conversations. It pays off in what you put out there. You know, if you're using social media, it pays off in any mm-hmm. kind of, you know, actually giving the talk, but you can also adjust it. Because once, you know, I have a presentation that I give, like I said, my top 10 tips. Mm-hmm. It's about an hour, maybe a little longer. So let's say someone says, can you come give us some tips and we'll do half an hour? Okay, we'll do top five. You know, <laughs> can five. we do 20 minutes? We'll do top three. <laughs> right. You know, you work right. with your material and you adjust mm-hmm. it. Like you said, it's malleable because you're always going to be learning and growing. So that material may change along the way. And you may have a different view and you just need to be open to that that it is not, like you said, set in stone. And your communication style can change too. And as you become more confident, you know, maybe you weren't confident trying a joke, but now you are, and you're going to give it a shot. Maybe you weren't confident using video because the tech is crazy, but now you're confident and you're going to give it a shot. So, you know, I just encourage people with any kind of communication, just be really open with yourself 
and in what you can do and just keep trying different things to kind of get to a point of what feels really good for you. It's going to be different for everyone. Agreed. It's about you do you. That's the 22 uh, (laughs) mantra. You do you. Lori, thank you so much. You have brought so much expertise here today. You know, everybody, we're going to have a link to Lori's website, Tribeca Consulting in the show notes. Is there anything you want to, uh, you know, I know you do workshops and independent coaching, um, group coaching, things like that. So people can go find you there as well. Yes, please reach out. I'd love to connect and, and chat and continue the conversation. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. This has been such a a fun and valuable conversation. And we're going to end with the dog barking. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about things going wrong. Thanks for joining me today. You can access more info in the show notes at thelonggamepodcast.net. If today's show connected with you in some way, please share it with your friends or hop on iTunes and leave me a review. Until next time, keep playing the long game.